Good day, everyone, and welcome back to the House of Mario. This encore, we have a very special guest with us to celebrate the 25th year anniversary of the Pokemon series. It's Zach, and he's from the podcast Blowing Cartridges, which can be found on all wonderful podcast services. Zach, how you going, my friend? Good day, Drew. Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, as you can see, I've actually been trapped in my office by a sleeping Snorlax, so I'm kind of stuck here and had nothing oh, better no. to do than... Uh, Hang out with you and chat some Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. So you're stuck in there and you don't know you don't have any friends that can lend you a poker flute or anything like that, or no. I'm, I'm hoping like somebody's gonna come. Uh, I've, I've got a rescue call out and hopefully like a rescue team or someone will come with a with a poker flute and uh, wake up the Snorlax and uh, I'll be able to get out of here. But until till then, may as well sit back, relax, and <laughs> chat all things Pokemon with yourself. <laughs> yeah. No. Nah, sounds good. Um. Maybe you'll find. Maybe you'll get lucky and get someone with them a champ or something. As well, I might yeah. just better smash that door in for you. Yeah, one hit KO the Snorlax and I'll be on my way. No, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> With that normal typing, he's got, uh, he won't stand a chance, I don't reckon. No, nah, that'd be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let, let's, uh, let's get straight into it. Uh, with, uh, you're a big fan of Pokemon, that's why you're, you're here. You're also like a big uh, Nintendo nut in general, but um, I guess, would you say, was Pokemon one of your first franchises that brought you into gaming? Yeah, definitely was one of the earliest uh, experiences. You know, I was um, in probably grade two or three, I reckon, when Red and Blue came out uh, and the anime was massive on uh, Cheese TV back then. Mm. Uh, so it's it's one of those very early pro- uh, experiences for me with gaming. I mean, I might have played Mario or something first um, or Banjo-Kazooie, I think. But uh, I think Pokemon was one of the earliest obsessions uh, for a lot of kids as well back then. Um, I remember the first time I even heard of Pokemon was in, was just in the playground and like some friends were playing imaginary Pokemon recreating like the episode where Ash catches Bulbasaur and I just like played along with them, had no idea what was going on. And I'm like, okay, I need to get up at 7am tomorrow to make sure I see this Pokemon thing. And, uh, <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> okay. So that's interesting. So you actually, you did play Pokemon with your friends, like imaginary Pokemon where you're actually like sort of role-playing the characters? Yeah, that was pretty much it. Uh, I remember one of my friends got really annoyed as well because, like, we would try and deviate from what happened in the episode. He's like, no, Bulbasaur (laughs) runs away at this point and then Ash goes and does this and we had to, like, do it play by play. It was like he was a director, (laughs) um, like a little five-year-old or whatever it was. Um, You're just like, I'm a creative mind. I can put my own interpretation into this Pokemon episode. Thank you, friend. (laughs) Yeah, I just want to bring myself to Bulbasaur, you know? Who's to say what Bulbasaur's (laughs) really like? (laughs) Yeah, because when we were kids, we used to do the same thing. We didn't, uh, I didn't reenact episodes, but we used to pick our favorite Pokemon, have like a Pokemon battle. It was kind of like a, it's kind of maybe like some cool kids might be wrestling or something, but we were just pretending we were Pokemon and, I'll jump around pretending I'm skeptile and someone pretend they're <laughs> Blastoise just like just moving around real slow, pretending to like fire cannons at you and stuff. And <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it was so much fun, but it's just uh ridiculous. Won't get, a, wouldn't get away with that now. I don't reckon I might look a bit. No, silly. no, no. Uh, unless we were like in some very impressive cosplay at like PAX or something and <laughs> doing a, a show maybe. <laughs> but other than that, uh, yeah, look a bit odd. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've, we've admitted that now, if we actually do dress up in Pokemon costumes, uh, People are going to be like, yeah, you know, they're just doing it because they want an excuse to relive their five-year-old <laughs> their childhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So what were some of the first games you uh, got into? Yeah, well, my first Pokemon game was Pokemon Blue. Uh, and I think, see, these days I'd pick Squirtle as my starter if I was playing Gen 1, but I'm pretty sure back then my first choice was Charmander. I- I'm almost certain, um, despite having Blue version for whatever reason. Um, you, you can't yeah. you can't mix them up. You can't do that. No, God. yeah, I know it's, it's sacrilege. I mean, why even <laughs> let you pick Charmander if you have blue version? So weird. Uh, and I, I also remember very specifically. I think it might have been one of the first games I had where I had to save because I just didn't know how to save. So I replayed oh, up oh, until Brock, like probably like three or four times before I figured out how to actually save the game and continue on. Uh, yeah, very vivid memories of that. Yeah, well, practice makes perfect. So, you know, you got to really nail that first couple of routes to make sure you destroy the trainers when you go through it. 
Yeah, exactly. And particularly with Charmander going up against Brock, it was uh, good figuring out how to um, <laughs> how to take him down pretty easily. Uh, I'll get like a Mankey or a, a Nidoran or something and, and knock him out. But yeah. Yeah, Ember or Scratch wasn't going to do too much to the Onyx, was it? No, no. Onyx was was ready for me um, and my little Charmander. Uh, in hindsight, a good reason why I should have gone Squirtle yet again. <laughs> <laughs> Or Bulbasaur, but I remember whenever whenever I picked Bulbasaur, I was always so disappointed. I don't know if it was because of um, maybe in Fire Red Leaf Green, just having like I might have got a bad nature or something, but made its stats a bit worse. But it always disappointed me so much just in the in battle. I don't know why. I guess it's just not like I like Venusaur and and Bulbasaur, but it's just yeah. not as exciting as like a, a fire breathing dragon or a you know turtle with guns on its back. It's it's just quite. Doesn't have the quite the same impact. Some you know, pedal storm or whatever going out <laughs> against against Pokemon um, compared to like a hydro pump. So I reckon that might be an element to it. Yeah, maybe. And in real life, at least, at least it will smell nice. Use aromatherapy. Very true. Oh, that's a good smelling <laughs> Venusaur. <laughs> or I don't know that the the, uh, the sort of toad aspect might make it stink too. I don't really know. Yeah, hard hard to tell. I mean, you got to assume Pokemon aren't the most like, you know, they they got to all have a bit of a stench, right? You don't they don't talk about it in the anime other than like muck or whatever, but like mm. the rest of them can't be great. Yeah, Blastoise would smell awful. Like you know what turtles smell like. Imagine what a one that size would smell like. Yeah, oh, just yeah, would be disgusting, and it would be constantly. I would imagine like a little wet, little slimy. It's just like nah. <laughs> Not a pleasant thing to have around. <laughs> so what what age were you when you got into the Pokemon games? Did you sort of watch the anime a fair bit beforehand? Yeah. Or, yeah? Uh, probably, a, probably a few episodes at least before we eventually got the game. I, I cannot tell you when I got it. That's, you know, mm. a memory that's lost. But I would have been like six or seven, I would have thought. So right, yep. a bit, yeah, bit younger than, than Ash. But um, <laughs> still, I think that, that sort of primary school, old enough to get it and play it and enjoy it. And uh be fully obsessed with the the whole franchise, I suppose. Back then, the cards, the the TV show, the movies, the um, toys. Uh, like I remember having some Pokemon marbles and that kind of stuff yeah. when I was really young. Yeah, I never actually had the marbles. I remember my friends had them and we'd like share them and play with them, but I never had the marbles. I had like you know a lot of soft toys and stuff like that. Yeah. I was, I was uh, one of those kids who slept with like. A million soft toys in their bed, like barely any room for me. But it's just like all these soft toys I had like this little tiny Caterpie, and I had a couple of Digimon and stuff too. Actually, was, yeah. But you know, you, looks like you've got just enough room just for Snorlax in your bed at the moment. So yeah, Snorlax, Snorlax pretty much takes up uh, half the king size bed. So uh, you know, he's a good companion. <laughs> is that is, uh, is that a plush or is that a bean bag? That is a beanbag, actually. Yeah. yeah so so I, got, I want one of them so bad. Bad. Is it? Is it comfortable? It is pretty good. Um, it's. I mean, it's a bit awkward with the head and stuff, but uh, <laughs> I, I do enjoy it. I, yeah. I remember in uh, I think it was Pokemon Stadium or Pokemon Stadium Two, one or the other. There was like a scene where there was like you're in a kid's room and they had a giant Snorlax, like basically like that. And since I was little, I always wanted a big Snorlax. And then when this came out in EB Games or whatever, I had them. I'm like. Childhood dream, like fulfilled, like tick. Have to have to get the beanbag. <laughs> yeah, when aren't they really expensive? I remember seeing the price tag and just sort of like phasing out. They but, were they were like two hundred bucks, but they've also been on sale a few times. Like I got a, um, it's not in here at the moment, but I've got a Boo beanbag as well. But I got ooh. that for like sixty bucks, I reckon, when it was on sale because they were trying to clear them out. Um, so if you keep your eye out, you can, like on EB Games or Zing, they do occasionally get below that like $100 mark. So Yeah, because I, uh, I remember seeing a, I can't remember if it was Snorlax, but it was a certain Pokemon beanbag. It was like 400 bucks. I was like, yeah, no. I was like, well, if, I hope that's a if this was, beanbag. Yeah, <laughs> if this was ever 400, I don't think I paid that much. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it was around the $200 mark, which is still, if you know how much beanbags go for, it's still not cheap. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I, um, uh, I guess uh, I, I don't want to detour into beanbag talk too much, but <laughs> I, I uh, picked up just like a, I guess this beanbag, which is like, I guess it's a big long one. You can sort of like bend over and lean back into it, and it becomes like a chair. Oh, yeah. And that was yeah. like that was like two seventy. I thought that was just like holy shit, that's a lot for a beanbag. But it came with it came with the beans and that, and usually it doesn't come with the beans and stuff. So, 
Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough about beanbags. As much, <laughs> as, much as, I've, as much as I love a good beanbag, but you can't sit in the beanbag when you do a podcast, unfortunately. It's too, too no, rustly. No, I, I tried. I couldn't get the setup to work. The microphone just uh, <laughs> wouldn't sit on my, my lap properly. <laughs> you could just hear it as you're like moving about. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what sort of your, um, I guess, uh, mainline Pokemon sort of timeline? Did you keep playing the games from then or did you have a bit of a break here and there? Or? Yeah, no, I've been pretty consistent. Uh, I, I never dropped Pokemon, which is, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, when it came for people, again, my sort of age, uh, which is a weird thing to say because we're only like three or four years younger than me, but in terms of Pokemon, that's a whole lifetime <laughs> yeah, effectively. Like, like when you're a young uh, kid, that is a long time, isn't it? Exactly. And uh, I think it was around Gen 3 that it was kind of like make or break. You're either going to like double down and just keep playing Pokemon or you tip. You, a lot of people dropped off mm. uh, in my sort of school groups and that kind of stuff. Uh, and that, it kind of stayed that way. I think um, probably it was like Heart Gold, Soul Silver, where it became cool again to play Pokemon uh, amongst my like school friends and that kind of stuff. Uh, but I, I kept up with it pretty much the entire way through. Uh, I probably got the most disinterested still around like Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Like I played them, but I wasn't, I played Diamond. I didn't play Pearl, Um, but it was a bit of a slog for me back then. Um, But that sort of ended when, when Heart Gold and Soul Silver came out and I was like, yeah, back on board, fully, (laughs) fully invested in the Pokemon uh, main game train. So yeah. 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 Cause I can, if you're a couple of years older than me, you would have been like, that age at high school where it's like, all right, it's time to phase this out. It's time to do the cool things or whatever it is. And and I guess when they did Heart Gold Soul Silver, that's like really sort of calling back to your age group where everyone's like, oh, I love Gold and Silver. That is my game or whatever. And uh, yeah. nostalgia kicks in and gets your money. Yeah, that, that was exactly it. It was, um, yeah, everyone came back on board. Even people like the cool kids in school got back on board for Heart Gold, Soul Silver, got DSs and that kind of stuff, or, or got their like younger siblings DSs just just to play it. Mm. Uh, and then I feel like after that, it's a bit skewed because you know once you finish school, uh, or at least for me, I went to uni, and when you go to uni, I joined a video games club, and when you join a video games club, everyone is into Pokemon and other nerdy stuff. So you kind of get a bit skewed as to, does everyone play Pokemon or is it just everyone I know? (laughs) But it felt like it was everyone back then. Uh, And even to today, I suppose. Yeah. I guess it's like a, it is like a reasonably social game. It's just like, Oh, do you have this and do some trading? And if you're all into battling or something, that could be a pretty social way or just like typically uh, with the older Pokemon games, we just all used to play them together and do the odd trade, but it's just like a social game. You can sort of play together and just talk about what you're doing and whatever as well. So it probably works pretty well in maybe a university setting. Yeah, it, it did. We had a few, uh, like a, we had Pokemon tournaments we ran in the club. Oh, uh, nice. We also did stuff like uh, in O-Week we ran a, um, we had gym set up one of the years where, you know, we'd give you a badge <laughs> if you beat our gym leader kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely a, a uh, as you said, it can be very social if you want it to be uh, and a good draw card for uh, enticing people to come and, <laughs> and join you playing if you hand out some freebies or something as well. I do really appreciate that, how it's like it's O-Week, everyone's getting just drunk, partying. Then you guys <laughs> are there like, we got the Pokemon gym, who wants to challenge us? I really yeah, appra- I, on, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it was pretty nerdy, but, uh, but a big success, a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. <laughs> What about a fire red leaf green with your first game being blue? Did that sort of uh, uh, appeal to yeah. you at the time? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, played it. Uh, I I think what was most interesting was being able to like go to the um, see the extra content afterwards. Those islands they added, uh, I think, uh, was very cool, and also bringing in some of the Pokemon from Ruby and Sapphire just to like have that experience of like playing around in Kanto, but with uh, gen three Pokemon uh, and vice versa as well. Cause I think yeah. a lot of Pokemon weren't available in Ruby and Sapphire that from the older games, cause you couldn't transfer up from, you know, Game Boy to Game Boy Advance. So it was good to see them come back if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Cause uh, I, I remember um, putting a Charmander into Sapphire version and it was just like mind blowing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just like all of these like original Pokemon that you couldn't uh, access, or even like a lot of Johto Pokemon, and it made them feel really special. And it sort of there hasn't been that feeling in the Pokemon series for like ever since I reckon. 
was like the idea of having like a Houndoom in Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire was just like bonkers. But then they, uh, when they brought around Emerald, you could find um, Houndour in the uh, in the Safari Zone once you beat the game. And it was like a big moment once you go in there and that area unlocks and you can actually catch some of these Johto Pokemon that weren't available in the game. Um, but ever since then, we've all, always been like so spoiled for, I guess, choice just as far as uh, access to these Pokemon. So Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's definitely memory got, of. Yeah, 100%. I mean, ever since... Um, Basically, the game were advanced games, I suppose, uh, particularly in the DS, because you had breeding and they had that. They, I mean, we've still got an unbroken chain of you can bring a Pokemon from Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald all the way up to Sword and Shield, as long as it's in the in the Sword and Shield Pokedex, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. Um, but like, it just meant there's an abundance now, right? Like, and particularly with the internet, I, we can just go online and be like, hey, does anyone have a perfect IV, you know, hand hour for me? I need um to you know i want to train it up and do it you know in a team and there'd be people willing to just give it to you for next to nothing so it's certainly made it a lot easier to get uh pretty much all the pokemon if you're willing to you know interact with others and, and do it that way yeah and uh sorry b- before i cut you off <laughs> yeah, that's like, okay. um what what was your enjoyment of uh fire leaf green like uh was it really cool to sort of go back to it like a few years later or was it like, you know, I've done this and whatever. Actually was. I mean, I think it was probably, it probably came at the right time for being a bit nostalgic and, you know, enjoying going through that adventure again, uh, which is weird. Cause I mean, I guess you sort of go through it again after gold and silver, but it, it, it really still felt like a fun, fresh way of taking on the original uh, Pokemon games. Uh, it seems like they've hit, like they've, I don't know, the the scientists or whatever at, uh, at Game Freak have done some math and figured out that <laughs> how many years is the right amount of years to wait before re-releasing a, a game to hit that nostalgia point. Because um, I think that's, it worked very well similarly with, you know, Heart Gold, Soul Silver, and then I think Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire. They've always been like a massive like fervor for, for them right before they come out and they, they do gangbusters as a result. Yeah, because I, I remember... Uh... In 2013, when um, Super Smash, no, 2014, when Super Smash Bros. for the 3DS and Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire came out, and um, Awada at the time, he said that they were really aiming for like the demographic of people that grew up uh, with the GameCube and the Game Boy Advance who were playing Super Smash Bros. Melee and playing uh, Ruby and Sapphire and have a big nostalgia for both of those. And uh, that was like their main demographic of people who actually bought those games. And that's what a lot of their marketing was sort of uh, trying to push towards. So, yeah, yeah I definitely wouldn't be surprised if that, like, it, it's not random at all, like, this year, like, was it 12 or 13 years after the uh, release of uh, Diamond and Pearl. There probably is, like, some real scientific uh, scientific sort of uh, research going to that. Like, we need, the, like, the perfect amount of time to sort of be like, all right, now it's time to switch on your uh, 12-year-old minds again, everyone. Because we, we're selling you <laughs> the same experience. Your child is coming back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and even this year, right? Like, I mean, we don't know what the Pokemon game of this year will be, but if it's Diamond and Pearl remakes, I think, like, you're just seeing a, a bit of a, a DS kind of, like, nostalgia renaissance. Like, I think Animal Crossing even last year is a big example of that with, um, I know a lot of people who are, like, 23, 24, and they remember playing Wild World on the DS, and then it's like, bam, New Horizons out. I remember this. I'm getting a Switch. I'm playing Animal Crossing, and it'd probably be all over Diamond and Pearl remakes. Yeah, um, and you know, I'm I'm the same way. I'm I was thinking about actually going back and playing Platinum, but I'm like, you know what, just save the the region for later this year because I'm you know I'm 99% sure it's going to happen. I think it's uh, I think it's almost a shoe in, but who knows? Who knows? I might uh, this podcast might age very poorly <laughs> in the yeah. next couple of weeks, but we'll see yeah. how we go. It's really interesting with Pokemon, like rumors and predicting what's going on, because there are some quote unquote credible rumors that it is definitely Diamond and Pearl remakes. But like, I remember, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we were all pretty convinced Pokemon Star was the thing because uh, it was coming for like Eurogamer or something. And then it just was not, <laughs> it just didn't exist. No. Um, or if it did ever exist, it got cancelled. Uh, so ever since then, I, I've been so like nervous making a, if I had to make a prediction what's coming out, I'm like, I'm not going to, I can't do it. Like I'm going to be wrong no matter what I say. Um, so I am still, you know, I'll be happy whatever it is. Um, 
Diamond and Pearl, Let's Go Jodo, something else completely different. But uh, yeah, I, I, I do think it's the right time though for for Diamond and Pearl to make its its resurgence. Yeah, and there's a lot of things um, you know they can change and improve and all that. And I'm keen to see like this is the first game that's like really going to go from being sprite based to being like full 3D. I guess we had mm. a Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire that went from a Game Boy Advance to the 3DS, but it's still very much like a similar angle. Like you're playing the game the same way, um, and I guess yeah. I guess you are in some ways in Sword and Shield as well. But in the uh, the bits when they can make the wild area, whether they sort of make Mount Coronet or um, even the marshlands or whatever in that region into maybe an open world area, it's be it'll be really interesting to see how they sort of interpret that in a in a I guess game design they've already sort of set themselves. 12 years ago. Yeah, because I think, um, I mean, when you look at the Sword and Shield map, it's very straightforward, literally, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of keeping it like just whoop, wild area. <laughs> yeah, just go straight up. You go through two wild area sort of sections and yeah, you get there. Whereas obviously Diamond and Pearl's map is not straight. Um, it's no. that more circular, zig squiggle around old school map. And yeah, I'd be really fascinated to see if they just sort of scrap some of these traditional routes and say, Hey, that's that route's gone, but here's a wild area uh, as in a replacement. Uh, I think that's the big question for what a, a sword and shield engine remake of pretty much any past game is going to look like. Um, and we say that, and then it'll be like a let's go Dialga, let's go Pel- Pelico and just like not do any of this stuff. And we'll just be like, Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, what, what actually I was just thinking about this while you were talking, like, what I would actually really like to see if um if they like sit down and go how are we going to make the Sinnoh region fully three D you know integrate like wild area elements and all of this because we made Gala like how it was so we could just focus on this open area like that is why the whole re- region was designed how it was so maybe they'll look at the Sinnoh region and be like all right maybe let's not do a remake and we'll actually do more of a sequel and we can sort of shift mm. stuff around we can do it 10 years in the future and we can get rid of this town, put a new town here and sort of mix it around. But uh, it might go against sort of that uh, nostalgia they're trying to capture with uh, the audience as well. So not quite sure, but I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty keen anyway, regardless. I just hope it's, uh, I just hope they take what they've done with sword and shield and sort of, um, you know, do improve on the, the uh, elements that uh, people did point out with, um, without yelling or being stupid on the internet, just being like, Hey, you know, there's a, there's a few sort of uh, graphical things and that in the game I'd like to see improved a bit and hopefully let's go, yeah, well, fair enough, okay, and we'll try our best. <laughs> like that's all yeah. you can sort of ask. 100%. And I think one of the common things about all the remakes, they typically add a bunch of new stuff like, you know, Battle mm. Frontier or whatever it might be. Uh, so I'd be a bit disappointed if they don't, even if they're doing like not just a wild area but do add in some more post-game kind of stuff, some some different things that weren't at all in Diamond and Pearl. Again, unless they go like a sequel slash um, just, you know, new game of any type set in Sinnoh, um, they should they should put in some extra content because I think that's a big complaint a lot of people had with Sword and Shield and even to a degree Sun and Moon was just a lack of sort of interesting post-game things to do once you beat the the champion. Yeah, that was definitely sort of a criticism I had. And I know they fixed an Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, but that's a whole other game to buy. That's another 15, 20 hours to play through to get to it. Like it's, you know, it's not really a fix for the problem necessarily. But um, I, I like what they did in Omega uh, Ruby Alpha Sapphire, how uh, they there was always the rumors in Pokemon uh, Ruby and Sapphire, how if you go to the, uh, the space station, you can, you know, if you go there so many days in a row, you can go to space and that's when you find where you find the Oxus. And yeah. they sort of interpreted that into their story. Like they introduced a brand new character who's, you know, trying to, I can't remember if she's trying to catch Rayquaza or tame Rayquaza or whatever it was, but eventually when you get Rayquaza, you can go to space and verse the Oxus in space. And yeah, uh, so good. Yeah, just like the idea um, when you're a kid that they will remake those games and that will be a thing was actually like really cool. And Deoxys especially because it's only, it was only an event Pokemon as well. So being actually finally get one yourself was actually really neat um so something like that in these new remakes too would be really cool i don't know what it would be whether it would be like a be like a dark cry thing or something i guess that's a yeah that'd that's, be good yeah dark cry or a shaman or something 
They got they got yeah, a Iron million Man. legendaries in <laughs> Darwin and Pearl, yeah. so they they got a lot of uh, room to work with. hundred percent. And there were a lot of uh, of those like events that either never got released as events or they only came out in Japan. Like I, I think Arceus apparently had a really cool story event that just mm. they scrapped and then you ended up just getting it out of Mystery Gift or whatever. So it'd be great to see them expand on that. Literally what they did, as you say, with Deoxys for like yeah, Arceus, Darkrai, Shaman, um, things like that. And Manaphy, I guess, is another one. Yeah, there, there was Diamond and Pearl was kind of yeah. like, the abundance of mythicals, legendaries, and like evolution slash baby Pokemon for, for for other generations. It sort of went all in on all that stuff before uh, yeah, black and white went uh, prepared to back a fair bit, I think. Mm. And you just mentioned Manaphy. That's a really great point too, because uh, you could only get uh, through that uh, by buying and playing Pokemon Ranger. And once you got the Manaphy from that game, like there was no way of resetting it or whatever to redo it and get another Manaphy. It's just completely done. That cartridge can go in the bin if if you only yeah. want it for Manaphy. So it'd be uh, interesting to see if they actually incorporate a Manaphy into the game just uh, naturally rather than having to buy a completely different game for this one. Or we're just getting a Pokemon Ranger <laughs> on Switch and you have to play that and then transfer Manaphy over as well. Um, no, probably not. But... I wouldn't complain. I didn't mind Ranger that much. <laughs> yeah, I never got into Ranger a whole lot, but um, I think honestly, I I didn't want to scratch up my screen that much. I was one of those kids. I just like I just want to look after it. Like I always had a screen protector, so I didn't. I could use my thumb, and I didn't want to smudge my screen and that. I just didn't want to just like run rings around it. But, yeah, I, yeah, I remember I scratched. I think I was playing, it was not even a good game. I'm not like pack picks or something. And I remember hearing the scratch, like before I even saw it on my first DS, I was like so <laughs> upset. Um, and I was much more careful afterwards. Uh, uh, yeah. Screen protectors all the way have to use them. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're a kid, you get the grubby hands, God, all, all that uh, bolognese. You just go in your hands, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, just <laughs> tomato sauce and all over. Yep. Uh, mm. So, uh, Generation Five. How do you how do you feel about this? I know this is like a. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Uh, but where what stage of your life were you at when um, they come out? Yeah, so I would have been, I think, like first year university. I reckon Gen Five, or maybe just like last year of school. Um, uh, I, I probably had the slowest burn on Gen Five. Like I did not. I I I, I did beat uh, Pokemon White but it was, I just took my time. Um, I loved a lot of the Pokemon designs, but I just found certain areas a bit of a slog. And then uh, Black and White 2, even though I hear it's quite good, I've just never never finished either of them. Mm. Uh, so, uh, and it's not that I think they're bad. I just think it was that, again, that point in my life, I wasn't super excited. I think it also was a bit deflated because they sort of came, like Black and White 1 came out like a year before the 3DS and then Black and White yeah. 2 maybe like a month or something before it. Uh, I think I was just ready for the DS to be done with. And then I was I was kind of, you know, when Black and White were announced, I was ready for show me a, a, a 3DS Pokemon game, um, a next-gen Pokemon game, and we didn't get that. Uh, so I think that might have deflated my enthusiasm a little bit, even though uh, when you look at it, Back in hindsight, they did a lot of great stuff. Uh, and I think the idea of doing 150 brand new Pokemon and that's all you get until you beat the game is uh, was was amazing. Uh, and I wish they would give a shot at doing something like that again. Yeah, like I, I felt exactly the same way. I, I remember when um, uh, they first got announced and I remember I was talking to Bryce over Facebook Messenger or whatever. I'm like, oh, yes, are you serious? It's coming to DS because we were sort of like, yeah, you know, when 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 you buy the 3DS, it had like no launch games and whatever. It was pretty pretty barren. So I was like, all right, you know, Pokemon will come to it. We've got Ocarina of Time in June. You know, we're gonna we will get stuff eventually. Even with a uh, Pokemon being like, all right, it's still on 3DS on DS. Sorry, it's just like, oh, damn it. But it's it's a shame because like it, it feels like one of the most sort of. Um, passionate Pokemon games that Game Freak have made. Like they put so much into it just with. Like it's it's the most Pokemon that have ever been introduced in the one game. There was 156 Pokemon just in the one game. Like, and like there's 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 a couple in there that you know they aren't the best designs or whatever, but um, it was just really great. 
Um, yeah, and I don't think it's going to, and sadly, as much as I want them to do it again, I think now that they're on this, like, you know, in 3D models, uh, I just can't see them doing it because, I mean, uh, we already saw them struggle a little bit with with producing 3D models for Sword and Shield. Uh, so I think the the hope of getting that big, you know, here's 150 brand new Pokemon, uh, try and relive the experience of, of red and blue again, kind of, is is just not likely, I would say. Yeah, it's it's a shame, but I guess you know it is it is what it is. But like, I think um, I think Game Freak sort of looked at it and went, "All right, well, people they don't want new stuff; they want Charizard and Pikachu." And <laughs> that's when that's when they sort of yeah. really doubled down on it all. And you know, people are like, "Oh, I'm sick of Charizard." It's like you know, the pe- most people that bought these games that's what they voted for with their wallet a hundred percent and i mean like they, they've got massive amounts of data i'm sure not just the games but like you know i know you and um bryce have rekindled your your passion of pokemon cards but like if you look at charizard cards like they go for so much money like oh, yeah. you know in various sets there's some of the most popular and it's not just because some of them are good in the in the tcg it's just the designs and the fact it's charizard people love that pokemon yeah, it's just so popular. Like, but it it was funny that uh, a few years ago when there was the uh, when you could like vote for your favorite Pokemon on Google, and they did like oh, the, yeah. the top ones, and Charizard wasn't at the top. It was actually Greninja who who yeah. won it, which was just like really surprising. I wouldn't like I know Greninja is quite popular and is a fan favorite, but to beat Charizard and Pikachu was like really because <laughs> you yeah. don't you don't really hear about it that much apart from. Don't, I don't just don't hear about it at all, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's in Smash Brothers, but um, mm. outside of like your passionate, uh, mostly I hear about it. Like, not that I watch the anime these days, but I, you know, you see the old article or you see people on Twitter. And I remember Greninja apparently had a, an amazing performance in like the anime in the like Elite, not Elite Four, whatever they do at the end of the anime, that's like tournament kind of thing um, with Ash. Uh, so maybe that was it because that probably was around the same time. And, and maybe yeah. it's just also who's voting on Google. It's not like, you know, uh, your, your Twitch streamers and your rappers who are buying these Pokemon <laughs> cards now for hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was just like the real hardcore Pokemon fans who um, probably didn't want that. I find with a lot of Pokemon fans, they, they don't want to be a Gen 1-er. Like they just want to avoid saying one of their favorite Pokemon is a first-gen Pokemon, even if it might genuinely be that so they probably like now nah, charizard's too obvious i'll go something else uh greninja he's also very cool yeah because um, <laughs> it, it felt it feels like you know i was going through my favorite pokemon the other day and like near the top is like charizard and pikachu i'm like you know what it's it's kind of tried it's kind of obvious but it is what it is they're one they, they do, are yeah. one of my favorite pokemon <laughs> yeah 100 percent. like i mean obviously i mean you could probably guess snorlax is um my favorite pokemon and like it feels boring because he is like a fairly popular Pokemon from that gen. But uh, yeah, he's just, they got it right. They did such a good job with Snorlax. Like nothing's, nothing's topped it for me yet. Um, but then when you get to like the top 10, then you start to see some gen three and that kind of stuff come up. But uh, yeah, I think gen one had a lot of good designs. Was it only uh, early in t- 2020? Was it? it feels like years ago. Was it only, I'm, not, just, I'm just looking it up now. Cause I was like, when did oh, this wow. happen? Uh, Maybe you're right. I mean, 2020 does feel like a few years rolled into one. So, <laughs> yeah, literally, I can't believe it was only started last year. It was only a year ago they did this. I thought it was like 2018 or something, but not so much. But I'm just looking at what the results were. Uh, so, Greninja number one, number two was Lucario, number three was Mimikyu, number four was Charizard, number five was Umbreon, and number six was Sylveon, number seven was Garchomp, number eight was Rayquaza. Number nine was Gardevoir, and number ten was Gengar. So that's actually a nice yeah. little mix of uh, generations in this. Yeah, I mean, and some really good Pokemon. Like you know, Mimikyu, I love. So yeah, good on it getting number three. Um, yeah, that's 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 an interesting little eclectic mix. Lucario is interesting to me because I always kind of felt Lucario was a Pokemon that the anime. And like the Pokemon, sorry, company wanted it to be popular, but I, I never thought it was that cool. But I guess, I guess it is. <laughs> uh, I think I think Lucario was really popular. I think, but well, I guess he is. I guess he came number two. So <laughs> yeah, prove me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, like seriously though, that has absolutely blown my mind. But that was just early twenty twenty. I I could have swore that was way 
I thought it was like 2015 or 18 or somewhere in those years. Well, 20, it feels like a random year to do it because it's not like 2020 was a particularly big Pokemon year necessarily, but maybe they were gearing up for for this year and figuring out what merchandise they want to make to to sell everyone. They'll probably mm. see a lot of Greninja merchandise, a lot of... Uh, That's actually a great you know, point. I think that yeah. was probably literally why. Like They just go, oh, we're celebrating Pokemon. What's your favourite? So we can see yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we can sell it back to you. Just like yeah. this year, they're just like, they got uh, big trucks going around. Uh, Greninja t-shirts, get your Greninja yeah. t-shirts. <laughs> Lou Cario face masks, come and get them while they're hot. Yeah, so, oh, definitely. So Greninja was so 2020. We're all about uh, who's some who's someone dumb. Uh, Stunfisk. We're all about yeah. Stunfisk. He's the best one now. Stunfisk, you know, we love a good little whoopee cushions kind of guy. He's just great. <laughs> what about Galarian uh, uh, Stunfisk, who was outs like the bear trap? That wouldn't be a good whoopee cushion. Yeah, no, that would that would hurt a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think in, in high, they probably both would, but yeah, no, that would be the worst. Hmm. So how do you feel about sort of the transition from the uh, the Sprite games to 3D models on the 3DS with Pokemon X and Y and Sun and Moon and going forward to Sword and Shield? Uh, yeah, how do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a, I mean, I like some of the stuff they've done, obviously. They've made them more accessible uh, and a lot of the more grindy parts of Pokemon have slowly been peeled away, uh, which I think is good. Uh, I do kind of miss the sprites to an extent because i think it was kind of always fun seeing how your poke you know your favorite pokemon get reinterpreted in this new game if that makes sense mm. even if it's in the same platform just seeing it sometimes just between the two versions they'd have different sprites right and that was always a fun little um thing to observe and then now at least since you know x and y it's basically been you know the same thing uh and and in many respects a lot of them are the just sort of slightly better versions of what we got back in Pokemon Stadium just improved over time. Um, so it's not quite as exciting in many respects. And it also kind of, I don't know, it, it makes the Pokemon cries feel way less, they just feel weird now. Like they they made a lot of sense with sprites because they kind of had like a chiptoony vibe to them. And now when you hear like a, like a, a Raichu's like, you know, weird blah, 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 like with a 3D model. It just feels, it's a weird mismatch that is, is a bit hard to reconcile with. <laughs> yeah, especially Raichu. Like you have a, you have a Pikachu and it's like, Pika! And it's like, oh, cool, yeah. I'm going to evolve you. It's like, Ooh! It's like oh, okay. what? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> what happened to your voice, mate? <laughs> you forgot how to speak. <laughs> Did you eat a computer or Pikachu, you silly, you silly mouse? Oh, little buddy. So you're the vet. <laughs> oh, the Pokemon Center, I should say. Um <laughs> Yeah, but at the same time, I can see why it's gone that direction. I, I suppose you know, if I really think back to when I was a kid, it's probably what you know we always kind of wanted. I, I think as little kids to see yeah. Pokemon become. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And we said about the sprites too. I always loved seeing the differences, just like the changes from like even Generation Three. Like the sprites were really different between the both games. Like uh, mm. like Charizard in uh, Fire Leaf Green was in a just a completely different stance, just gave off a completely different, I guess, even atmosphere to compared. If you send it to Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, it just looked looked different and felt different. Um, and they're usually like in their sort of like action poses as well. Whereas like if you send a if you, like for, for I think uh, Hippowdon's like one which is just sitting there and like he's just like blowing like dust out of his holes or whatever however hip yeah. on works it's just like you know he's like a he's like a really angry looking hippo when you're looking at him in diamond and pearl or platinum but when you like in 3d models he's just like this derpy looking hippo just standing there so yeah like, some pokemon just like lose their sort of uh i guess majesty or majesticness yeah, yeah. well even something like a, a typhlosion right like it doesn't even properly do it's like you know flaring up of its um flames unless you use an attack maybe it's like there's definitely a few Pokemon that have lost that through, um, yeah, just just sort of standing there, Pokemon Stadium style, like waddling back and forth pretty much uh, until they do an attack. Yeah, because I think uh, a lot of people were like pointing out that you know the Pokemon's animations, you know, there's 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 eight hundred and ninety three of them. Like there's a lot to do. Like there's fair fair enough. Every single one isn't sort of you know just elaborate elaborated on more, but. Uh, th- there was a video of someone who was um, he was basically he, he called the video like fixing flying Pokemon or whatever like 
because of like the flying battles in X and Y, like Charizard and all of that, they're always in the air when they're mm. sent into battle. And he sort of went into the game and must have done some, uh, must have remodeled them or whatever he's done. And he made them sort of just on the ground, like like they would be if they weren't doing yeah. a sky battle. And mm. like they they sort of did retain that sort of like, I guess like they were more of a, th- a threat rather than just like gliding above the ground. Um, it was it was it was interesting to watch. Like, I think that's sort of why maybe the Pokemon in the three D sort of space have sort of maybe lost some um, some of their special source just because that like their characteristic characteristics aren't sort of encapsulated that well in the three D models mm. just from how they act. Like they've only got like a couple each, and I I, I as I just I can't I can't blame anyone for not giving them more. There's just so many Pokemon at this stage and maybe, you know, I, I know the cuts happen. So maybe if they still go down that route with 400 Pokemon in each game, maybe they can sort of flesh them out a bit more, hopefully. But um, yeah, I think that's sort of where it comes from. Though. I think it just, they need to put some more character in into their Pokemon just through the animations a bit more. Yeah, I, I agree. But I think sadly you're not going to get it. <laughs> I think it's going to, yeah. you're going to have to rely on other games uh, the art and like trading cards and like uh, the anime and movies and that kind of stuff to really flesh out those those Pokemon. I mean, like you know, Hippo uh, who powered on like the the little clip you see of it in um, Pokemon Snap, the new Pokemon Snap game does you know wonders for that Pokemon's like mm. you know appeal compared to someone who's only seen it in say Sword and Shield or I don't even know if you can get it in Sword and Shield, but like X and Y or, or Sun and Moon. Hippowdon's there. He's a he's a very important yeah. Pokemon. <laughs> okay, good to know. Clearly, clearly on your top top favorite list. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, uh, like the, the the thing is as well, if they said, you know what, we are going to make the Pokemon look amazing. We're going to put all these animations into every single Pokemon, even the ones no one uses. We're going to make them look awesome. We're going to put them all back in the game. Like the the sales figures came out today for Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's it's now over twenty million. Like, yeah. The thing is, like, it's not going to it's not going to sell any more or any less if they if they do make those changes to sort of make us go, oh, they look cool now. Like, we're still going to buy them; they're still going to sell really well. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those things yeah. you got to sort of just are up. I guess uh, it up. here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, out of interest, so with you, I mean, obviously we've talked a lot about the games, but I've, what other, like, parts of Pokemon have you started? Because I know you guys are doing the TCG again now and that kind of stuff. Like, have you – I also, and I know you're a big Pokemon Go player, but do you dabble in other stuff? Like, the do you watch the anime or anything like that? Yeah, I I um, I haven't, like, watched the anime re- religiously since I was literally a kid, but I um, every now and again I go back to, like, the seasons and just get my nostalgia hit and watch the first ones or even Pokemon Advance. I like watching that as well. That's a uh, good memories. But um, I really wanted to watch Pokemon Journeys. It's a, uh, it's, it's mm. but it's only in U in the US at the moment because they said it was coming to Netflix. I'm like, fantastic! I've got Netflix. Gonna uh, yeah. watch it as they release them. And I, f- I forgot what what the date was, but so the date hit. Turned on my TV. Oh, it's not there. A week later, or maybe it's just a bit late in Australia. Not there. A month later. That's ah, not coming. <laughs> it's not yeah, coming it's, here. It's not I don't even know how to watch it here. I'd have to get one of those um sort of things where it thinks you're in the US and I can yeah, watch VPN it. VPN or something, yeah. Yeah, I might have to do that if I really want to watch it, but that's a, that's a lot of effort. So I don't, yeah. know, I don't know how you can watch sort of the newer series here, but yeah, no, I, I, I always try and keep up with it now and with the new movies coming out, I sort of watch them and some, some are fun, some are hit and miss Not these so days. Yeah, <laughs> There was a bit around like Diamond and Pearl where they were like, even black and white actually, the movies were horrendous. <laughs> yeah, no, I... um. I made a point because I, yeah, sort of like you, I stopped watching the Pokemon anime. For me, it was when they swapped the voice actors. Um, I think it might have oh, been yeah. like Battle Frontier or something, and I just, I mm. can't handle this. Um, but then I just kept up with like, oh, let's watch, whenever that movie comes out, I'll, I'll rent it at the video store or uh, these, I don't know, these days, other other methods. Um, <laughs> but uh, just to keep up with it and get an idea of what's going on. But uh, yeah, they were, they were really bad. <laughs> like, yeah, as you said, that end of like Diamond and Pearl black and white uh to honest, they, i think they got pretty bad up until they did that full sort of rebooty thing where they're like okay let's just 
have a new Ash basically and sort of reboot his story just for these couple of movies. Um, I don't know if the, this new Coco or what's it called in English. I can't even remember the one with the oh, Zarud. Zarud, yeah, I can't remember what the movie's called, but I don't know if that's still this like Ash that was in um, I Choose You and uh, Power of Us, or if it's a going back to Ash from from the anime. No idea, but um, yeah. How did the yeah. uh, how did the I Choose You movie strike you? If you've watched it, yeah, I have watched it. I, I enjoyed it. Um, in a, I, there were elements I didn't like like it was a bit cheesy towards the end with the, a particular scene with Pikachu which is infamous at this point yeah. um he talks but I, if uh, yeah when, hasn't when seen he it. talks yeah it's, it's it's just it's odd but I think the um what I liked was kind of sort of the start I suppose uh particularly where uh I might be misremembering but I feel like I choose you um where they fight like the Entei from memory and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And I think that was a really cool way of sort of dealing with like legendary Pokemon in this world where that's like, Oh yeah, they're legendary, but they, we all know they exist and we know they're out there. They're just really hard to find. And I think that was a, I always liked Pokemon from that perspective because it felt more in line with the games uh, compared to the idea that these things just can't exist and they're extremely impossible to find, which I feel like a lot of the movies really emphasized if if that makes sense yeah they really emph- <laughs> they, they that, that, that's what they sort of did but uh every movie had like a legendary pokemon and it's like ash finds a lot of these why can't anyone else find them yeah it's just always ash like just coincidentally i guess he's um, the protagonist <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah funny about that but um but yeah no I, I thought it was it was all right and uh you know it, it was more interesting than just you know, a cut of um, his his first season of anime again, I suppose. Um, good to mix it up. Yeah. And, like, it hits that little bit of nostalgia, which I appreciate every now and again. Like, I always, I always seem to forget that uh, Pokemon has a lot of nostalgia for me because, you know, playing, playing Sword and Shield and Pokemon Go and whatever, like, you know, playing Pokemon every day type of thing. But then every now and again, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you watch, like, the first episode. Like, yeah, there's a lot of nostalgia here for me. Yeah, hundred percent. It's yeah. I think that's a big part of why it um, it's such an important series in a way to me because you can s- sort of bits and pieces of the franchise just call back to you know different stages of your life. Because I mean, similar to to you, I mean, it's basically been there from you know some of my earliest days, and uh, so it, it's easy to like think about. Oh yeah, that episode of the anime that I watched at this friend's house, and then you know later down the track, I remember, you know, getting, you know, X and Y and then going over to my friend's place and playing it all day or whatever, um, or like being super tired at work after the sun and moon midnight launch and being like, what did I do? (laughs) That kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's, it's good to have those memories tied to like just various things with the, with the franchise, which is is easy to do because there's always something new in Pokemon to experience. And, you can almost link it back to a, a, an individual year, like even if it's just a spin-off game or um, just something that they've done new and different. So, yeah. 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 Do you have like, a, I guess, a bit of a touchstone with the Pokemon series, whether it's like, whether it's an episode of the anime or a game or just a certain Pokemon that sort of reminds you of just like a, I guess, a real nostalgic feeling of when you were a kid or at school or whatever? That's a, yeah, so that's I've got a, a good few. question. Yeah, I've got a few for sure. Um, I have some very fond memories of uh, Pokemon Snap and um, when I was really young and like going to friends' houses and having friends come over because Pokemon Snap, very short and easy game when you're an adult. But I just remember as a kid, like all of us trying to figure out like how to, you know, get like Snorlax to wake up or like what's in the bush with all these like grass and that kind of stuff. And it was just like the right amount of mystery for like really young kids at that age. Um, But enough that we could still figure it out and solve it. And I just remember like, there was a, you know, for a friend over the road, we would just like uh, go to each other's houses and just play each other's copies of Pokemon snap. And if someone figured out something new, we'd like run over and be like, I figured out how to, you know, get like Porygon out of the, out of the wall or whatever. Um, (laughs) And then like go back, okay, I'll do it on my file now. And then it was, it was that stuff like that was very, uh yeah hits home to me um for sure <laughs> oh that's always the best isn't it when like you're just trying to work out stuff with your mates and especially if you're the one who actually figures it out you're like yes i'm the 
I'm the smarty I'm pants. I'm the genius one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one in my class who didn't hand in my homework today, but I knew where that Pokemon was. I found it myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. What about you? Have you got a, a touchstone moment you want to you wanna touch on? Yeah, so um, I think I've uh, described it before, but there was a, an episode of the uh, Pokemon anime where uh, it was the it was the episode when they're trying to evolve uh, one of um, trying to evolve Eevee into one of the evolutions when Ash and that sort of come across their the rich people's party and just mm. how it's a party and they're all eating their food. I, I I had that on video and I always used to watch it at lunch when I was eating lunch because the episode <laughs> just made me hungry. Yeah, and I think I had an episode of like bananas and pajamas when they had a pizza party. So I used to like watch, <laughs> watch them that. like one after another. So that was the Evie episode. It was bun- bananas and pajamas, pizza party, and then you know I'm having my own pizza party as well. So <laughs> I don't know. That's just a really random one. <laughs> no, that's that's good. Yeah. That's did, good. Did you uh, did you ever get into the trading? card like the collecting side of it or the yeah i did um like everyone as a kid i obviously was massive on it but then i had a resurgence when i was an adult again it probably was around the 20th anniversary because i i did a um uh, i had a, a big sort of like pokemon day party that year and then we got some uh booster boxes or maybe no elite trainer boxes and just do like a sealed tournament and then after that i got pretty hard back on collecting um and i've been known uh to when i get drunk i often will buy pokemon cards it's, it's not good <laughs> um it's been a few times i remember it's amazing i went to rtx in sydney and they had a um they had like a bar inside the convention and i oh got, no you know, had a, had a well they're trying to get then, you to buy them <laughs> yeah exactly went went past a, a booth with a with probably some overpriced cards at the time and got a, got a, again, I think either their elite trainer box or something and just like opened it up. Um, I think the gambling element is a bit of a bit of fun. Um, but then I've, I took a break probably the last few years, but I'm, I'm getting back into it this year. Again, similar reasons. And I'm, um, I'm going to have another Pokemon day sort of party with a bunch of friends and we'll do some, some sealed tournaments and stuff. And, uh, Whenever they do like special collections for like a, a anniversary, I think that always gets me invested. Like, you know, obviously they're doing those monthly packs of um, the starter Pokemon or whatever mm. it is, so that'll keep me hooked in for a bit. Uh, and if they do a cool, you know, some cool sets, I'll probably pick some of those up. So, yeah, back under the uh, back under the, uh, the the grind, the the money grind of paying a lot of money for cardboard for at least this year, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, it's scary stuff. Because um, uh, later on this month, uh, on the nineteenth of February, they're bringing out Shining Fates, so it's like a another limited set, but you can't buy uh, boosters by themselves. You got to buy them in the sort of, uh, I guess, the little packages they put together, where it's the tins or the elite trainer boxes or whatever, and it sort of works at like ten dollars a a pack. So it's not cheap, but there's like lots of like special cards in there and like shiny Pokemon cards and. It's going to be pretty exciting. So that's, that's the first time in a few years where I'm sort of like jumping back into it to try and get some of these. And I think I, I had like a weak moment. I was up watching a Pokemon card uh, unboxings and stuff for like, you know, I couldn't sleep. Got to like two o'clock yeah. in the morning. So I'm like, yeah, well, I better, I better, I might pre-order some more uh, Shining Fates. Uh, so yeah, just to be safe. <laughs> so I got like, you know, a few hundred dollars down the drain, just uh, doing that. And, like ever since I'm like I want them, but I don't want to spend that much money on Pokemon cards. It just seems it seems that one step too far. Just being irresponsible, doesn't it? Pokemon cards. There's there's one thing spending a lot of money on like oh you know I'm gonna buy a PS5 and a Switch and whatever, but yeah, Pokemon cards just seems that one step like oh should I? It's it's even too it's even too far for me. And you know I'm a big nerd. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, like, it's one of those things where, like, when you get involved in, like, the competitive TCG side of things, like, a lot of the best people, they're not buying booster boxes and stuff. They're, no. you know, they may be getting one just to get enough fodder, and then they're just going on, you know, eBay and these, you know, card trading sites and picking up the last few pieces they need to put their deck together. Um, and similar to, like, the hardcore collectors, they're just, like, they know financially it's better just to buy things separately because even if it's, like, a $30 card, you're prob- you could risk opening 20 booster box uh, booster packs at like six bucks each and not getting that one card. So uh, I guess it's, but, but to me, I don't know. And it, it's probably, it's not a good thing. Like I've kind of realized as I've become an adult and particularly with loot boxes being controversial in video games that 
like booster packs are just like loot boxes, right? They are just, it oh, is yeah. a form of, of, of gambling, but it is fun. Like there is that dopamine hit of like, it's way more exciting to be like, I just picked up a random booster pack on my way home from work, opened it up and got, you know, a, you know, shiny Charizard, you know, V max, whatever than it is buying it on eBay for like a hundred bucks. It's just not, not nearly as fun as, as, and even if I spent more than that in the long run, just the fact of getting it out of that one booster box, I think I only spent six bucks to get this, this card, ignoring all the other money I tossed down the drain, opening up the other packs before it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, because uh, because when I get my boxes, like you know, I'll be happy. I'm just worried if I spend all that money and get nothing. Yeah, that's what that's I'm really always, worried about. That's the concern, and uh, you just gotta don't yeah, you just gotta you know be happy with like. Well, I, I mean, is this your first time since recently opening up like a, a full set of cards, or have you already opened up like a elite trainer box or something recently? Uh, the last time I spent like a hundred, oh, I felt like two hundred bucks. Uh, few years ago it was like 2016 i think i went like okay i went on a bit of a splurge and like i'm opened them up I'm like, that was fun put them in a, yeah put them in a folder awesome done <laughs> that was it then this is like yeah. the second time and because like uh yeah bryce uh got into it and he said oh actually the local shop here he has them and it was only like a, a toy shop and I, I haven't gone into that toy shop for years so I'm like, i never thought about going there so go in there get um i'll get five boosters then open them up I got like a Demanitan V. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, you know, it's sort of playing on your mind. Like, oh, Toy Kingdom's open at the moment. Yeah, I could just pop in. Yeah, well, <laughs> what about if I get, oh, well, I might as well, I might as well get six. I might as well get six or something. Yeah, and like, six, yeah. It's like, it's like literally like calling in the pub. Like, yeah, just one, one beer, one beer won't hurt. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, I'll, it'll be, I'll be fine. Before. Next minute, oh, no, it's eight o'clock at nine. <laughs> The wife's got to yeah. kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's Pokemon cards uh, everywhere. Oh. <laughs> what <done>? Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, getting divorced over having a Pokemon card addiction is probably one of the the worst ways to go. Mm. Um, but touch would never get to that point. But um, what I was going to say was, uh, you often find, like, say if you get a booster box, there's always going to be like four to five of the ultra rare cards, no matter what. It's just will yeah. it be the four to five you want that kind of thing. So it's it's like if you can sort of just be happy with like what you get. a good number of whatever's <laughs> in the set, then you'll you'll be good. But if you're like, I just want this one card, that's when you're you're risking some severe disappointment feels. <laughs> yeah, because like, you know, YouTubers and that who sort of make their living out of making those videos, they're like, I want this one specific card. And they're on like thousands of packs. I'm like, holy shit. Like I know, like you get them cheaper from somewhere, and you you make more than enough money through just that video of opening those boxes, and it all pays its way back. But I know there are some people that watch that and go, you know what? If he's doing it, I'm doing it too. Oh, <laughs> they 100%. just go and do it. <laughs> so, there'd be fans that I'm, I imagine these days as fans that buy the boxes and open them up like in sync with them almost. Like I can I can just picture it already. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, well, that's it again. That's me after a few beers. I'll just like buy a box and just sit there and be like, I'm going to get something cool. Um, I swear to God. I even live streamed it once on like Facebook or something. I don't even know why, but I was just like, let's see if I pull something exciting. Uh, and I can't remember if I did. But anyway. <laughs> your your uh, mom's just like, oh, nice pull, honey. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. That's all. Oh, that's, you know, $200 on, on eBay, that card. Good work. <laughs> well, that's a reverse um, hollow. Well done, son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, did something worthwhile with your life. <laughs> oh, oh, don't say that. You no. got, you got, you got a lot of uh, V cards. That's, that's yeah. something with your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to start wrapping things up, I'm looking around, mm. sort of your room on the camera, looking yeah. at your plushes and stuff. But I'm just, I'm curious. Like, what is one of your favorite Pokemon possessions? Whether it's a, whether it is just a game, or if it is like oh. a, a bit of a merchandise you've accumulated over the years. That's a good question. Um. It's quite a few. Um, I'll, I'll give you a couple if that's okay. One is this yeah. Pikachu here with uh, the Snorlax, like, put on screen a bit better, They're like a Snorlax and a life preserver. And the reason this was cool, so yeah, 2017, I think it was, um, I took my parents to Japan because they wanted to go and they're like, can you come with us because you know Japan better than we do? Uh, and I said, sure. Um, 
And while we were touring, I'm like, every town that had a Pokemon Center, I just want to go and check it out. And when I was there, they had this like raffle thing on for where you get like a raffle ticket for like 200, 300 yen, which is like three or four bucks. And you get some sort of Pokemon prize. And this was one of the like major prizes for it. Oh, cool. And whenever I bought a ticket, I never got it. Like I bought like six or so over the course of the trip. Never got it. Then mom's like, I'm going to buy a ticket. And sure <laughs> enough, she she wins the the grand prize Pikachu with the Snorlax ring, uh, which she gave to me very kindly. So thanks, mom. Uh, like, no, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she doesn't know I've stolen it. Um, so that was, that's got a lot of sentimental value. Um, uh, and probably the second favorite. I mean, it's another plush, but it's, you can sort of see in the background. I just love the, the Mario and Luigi Pikachus just mm. as... I love crossovers. Uh, anything that's a crossover is always like a 10 out of 10. So having like an officially licensed crossover of Mario with Pokemon uh, is is very cool. And I know they've done more stuff since then. Like I think when Nintendo Tokyo opened up, they did a cool crossover set of merch, which I don't have any of. But um, yeah, picking those up and again when we were in Japan that one time was was super exciting. Uh, yeah, so probably two of my faves. I was just I was just looking back there. I'm like. Yeah, aren't they like Pokemon's uh, center exclusive or something? That's actually really cool because uh, I, I want to go to a Pokemon center so bad. I just I just haven't been anywhere where one is. Uh, so I, yeah, if I went there, I'd have to um, maybe leave my wallet in the car or something. I'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> be, no, be dangerous, I reckon. Yeah, and if you do take your wallet in, uh, just make sure you've got like a second bag or something uh, of luggage booked with your your flight back or whatever it is. If because yeah, yeah, it's easy to not only rack up money but rack up uh, a lot of items that take up space. Uh, plushies are good at least because they squish, so you can like push them down. But um, yeah, they're dangerous places, uh, Pokemon centers. But definitely, yeah, if or when you go to Japan, uh, hit one up because <laughs> they're, mm, they're if you're they're they're amazing. Yeah, oh yeah, I can just I can just imagine like having a bag full of these like plushes. I'm like just trying to squeeze them all in, and um, I probably will like. Oh. Do they sell like um like sculptures or like statues there or figures? Yeah, yeah they they have figures. They got they got pretty much everything. You know, cutlery, um, bags, clothes, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Like pretty much anything you could think of, they've merchandised somehow. Um, and yeah, it's re- it's really just about like you know. Um, optimizing what you want. Like I haven't, I haven't got it with me. But like one of my other sort of most more practical purchases I got there was like a Team Rocket wallet because it's basically just a black wallet with a R on it and that kind of thing. And it's made of leather and it looks really nice. Um, like some of the more practical, mature merchandise that you just don't get at like EB Games or whatever in yeah. in, uh, in Australia is some of the coolest stuff to like pick up. Um, but yeah, and, and then plushes, there's just too many of them. Uh, and figurines, yeah, there's a few, but they're, they're obviously a little pricey. But what's cool about Japan, if again, for anyone that hasn't gone, is Pokemon's just everywhere as well. So even if it's not at a Pokemon Center, you'll see like figurines and crane games or even just like at 7-Eleven or something, right? So, or you can go to like these random stores with just secondhand stuff and you'll be able to pick up dirt cheap figurines for like, nothing because people had to sell them because people don't have a lot of space in Japan. So uh, even if you never get to a Pokemon center, uh, there's, there's Pokemon stuff that is cool pretty much everywhere to, to look at and pick up. I'll just go to Japan and go to all the garage sales. <laughs> yeah. Check out what's going on. Just hit them up, pick up some cheap uh, Famicom games and uh, get into that collecting and that kind of stuff and uh, pick up a few Pokemon figurines. So, yeah. Cause my, yeah. My, my friend Seamus, he went over there for a holiday and he brought me back of, um, it brought me back a copy of just the original Pokemon Stadium uh, in Japanese oh, yeah. on the Nintendo 64. He's like, yeah, you know, I bought, it was like two bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I did the exact same thing. I got like that and the original Animal Crossing just because they were like for five yen or 50 yen or something like super cheap. Like, Yeah, he said it was literally just in like, you know, one of the discount bins. I'm like, oh, well, that's awesome. It's like an amazing gift. It's just like literally like they're just clearing it out <laughs> over there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, great place for retro games and retro Pokemon stuff to pick up. So, um, yeah, very cool country. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I cannot wait to go there. Um, might be a couple of years from from now, but we'll, we'll see where yeah, we're, we're at in a few years. safe. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to go to um, Super Nintendo World when that eventually opens. I reckon that would be a lot of fun. Kind of a similar, situ- similar situation, but with um, Mario stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Well, it, it, it makes me think about like years ago they had a Pokemon theme park, but I think it's shut down. You know, it was like a temporary thing, and it's like, right. yeah, it makes you think that there's that's got to happen at some point, though, right? Like a more permanent Pokemon theme park, like it's just too big of a franchise to not do that. Like you can imagine, like it's like that Deoxys ride. You're in like a Rayquaza, like you know, oh. roller coaster going towards fight right, uh, a Deoxys. Like that's like. You can picture how it would work now. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> be a bit too fast, I reckon. I reckon Rayquaza using extreme speed would be a bit too much of a roller coaster experience for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like boof into the atmosphere. Oh, oh, oh God. Yep. I can't feel Ugh. my stomach. <laughs> Literally cannot breathe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they simulate um, space. Like just suck the oxygen out of the room or something. Yeah. Everyone's suffocating. Got to gotta be that deoxy is quick if you want to survive, you know. Just, yeah. just hurry up. <laughs> Put a yes, space helmet on while you're doing it. You'll be good. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, Zach, um, I think we'll end it there. Thank you very yeah. much for joining me. It was an absolute blast talking to you. Always love talking yeah, no. to you when you come on the show. Yeah, thank you. I love, uh, yeah, great. Always good to chat to you uh, and particularly about Pokemon. I can, you know, I could talk about it all day, which, which is, a, yeah, it's a dangerous topic to talk about. But um, yeah, thanks very much for having me. Yeah, no worries. If people want to go and check out your podcast, Blowing Cartridges, uh, where can they find it and what's it all about? Because you guys, you know, you've got a very Nintendo background as well. So a lot of the topics you do sort of tackle, um, you know, are relevant yeah. to the, the audience of this podcast as well. Yeah, no. Yeah, thanks thanks for letting us do the plug. Uh, yeah, so if you want to find us first, you can find us on social media at Pod on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, and what are we about? So blowing cartridges, the idea is uh, we take a – a cartridge or a topic uh, every sort of second week uh, and give it a blow. Uh, and by that, we basically just have a long and drawn out conversation um, from anything to, you know, game music to, um, you know, when you were on, we were talking about um, uh, like just Nintendo in general and that kind of stuff. Uh, and then and also like things like prices of games, games collecting, you know, whatever we just feel like me and my co-host Brendan, who's been on your um main podcast at least once or twice before if i'm not mistaken yeah um and obviously yeah me and brendan are big nintendo fans uh as well as just big video game fans in general so even if the topic isn't nintendo related there'll probably be some nintendo talk to say the least uh and we've been i have to say a bit quiet in gen because uh we've both been a bit busy with a few things but we should be uh hitting back uh at the regular every two weeks starting this month in feb uh and definitely by the time that this goes up, uh, you should we should be back on a regular roll. So, yeah, if you want to give us a follow and a listen, uh, hit us up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if you, if you guys want some more video game podcasts in your repertoire, but, you know, you've got enough news podcasts, you've got, a, you know, you've got enough of that stuff, that these guys really do have really great in-depth conversations about things. And, you know, it comes up in your news, or not your news feed, your podcast feed, you're like, oh. That sounds interesting. So you chuck it in the the log for the day, and you always have a good time. When you listen to them, so definitely go and check it out. Links will be in the show notes and the uh, in the YouTube show notes, whatever the hell call on YouTube. The comment section, I don't know, I don't know. I'm new, new to YouTube, you know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, anyway, subscribe, uh, hit the bell. <laughs> oh yeah, you got, you got to hit that bell. Oh my god, like if you don't hit the bell, how does it make a sound? It's just a. It's just a waste of space. It's just a bunch of metal that does nothing if you don't hit it. If a bell isn't hit in the forest, does anyone hear it? I don't know. Probably no, not. No. <laughs> no one in the city hears it either. So, oh, I don't know. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. And the doors to the House of Mario Encore are closed. Catch you later.